Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. Well, this is exciting, isn't it? Where are you in the world right now? I am in Rome. Um, we've just had the day here today. We arrived at about 1am this morning. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind last couple of days. Uh, we were, obviously this will go out on Wednesday, so this is a little bit behind. We're recording this the Thursday before, but yesterday morning I woke up in Morocco and then since then we've spent eight hours in Madrid and now a day in Rome and I don't quite know where I am but um I'm just impressed because I have no idea how you're keeping track of the days or where you are or what flight you're meant to be on next where will you be when this episode goes live when this goes live on Wednesday I'll be in Jordan um Ah, see this is why we're recording in advance because I I just feel like when you're in the middle of the desert you're not going to have great wi-fi I actually think on Wednesday that is our day in the desert. Like we are actually in Wadi Rum on that day in like the desert camp type thing. But um, I'm going to pick your brain when you get back. Well, not when you get back, but like when I next yeah, I'll pick your brain on it. That clearly the fact that you've actually um, moved has not settled in for me yet. <laughs> Honestly, seriously, I I still feel like I'm on holiday. I I don't know when it's going to sink in, but. I still feel like week or two, I'm going to go back. Also, the, the worst thing is because I work for a week in September, today I got oh, my yeah, last pay packet from work. So so obviously it's not like a full pay packet, but it, I got that and I was like, oh, you know. But yeah, it just feels like I'm going to go back to work and we're still on a nice little, little jolly. But <laughs> I've honestly been much, much better, so much more relaxed in just taking it one thing at a time because what you said there I don't know how you're keeping track of flights to be honest I'm I'm not I'm just thinking about what the next one is and I've been surprisingly relaxed about that which is good for me yeah I guess you can just lean back and enjoy it a bit more because you're not rushing to get back home you know you've got everything planned until you get to Australia you're you're doing this to simply enjoy it it's not even like you're doing it, you're like, okay, I've got to be back on the plane tomorrow because I'm flying home and then I've got to edit content and get it up for Monday. It's just a different yeah. lifestyle now. Yeah, but I think for now we're just, this is our time to enjoy it because then obviously once we get to Melbourne, the intention is for us to be kind of back into the, a normal routine of kind of working daily life. So I guess, yeah, it makes sense to just enjoy each day as it is right now. And yeah, totally. And you, you two have worked so hard to have this opportunity. So I think it's lovely that you can make the most of it as well. Yeah, definitely. No, it's very exciting. Um, what have you been up to? How is everything in the UK? The UK, well, autumn has officially hit, which I know you're going to be so pleased you're missing, but I am loving it. Um, I've got all my cozy <laughs> knits out. I'm wearing bed socks again. I've got my jacket <laughs> out. I mean, I'm a happy bunny. Um, and yeah, it's just been nice. I've not been doing an awful lot. I've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up in the next week. So had we have actually recorded this on time, I would have had something exciting to share. But instead, I'm going to tell you about what I'm going to be doing. Um, because this weekend coming, so the weekend just gone, I've been working so hard behind the scenes to kind of get my blog back up and running because I kind of took a break in June, July. So anyone who doesn't know, I've had a blog now for, I think it's six years, it's November. That's amazing. Mad, isn't it? I can't believe I've had it that long. But kind of in the summer I just and we've spoken about this kind of thing before like you hit that wall creatively and you're just like nope and I knew I didn't want to stop it but I just needed to kind of hit refresh and 
update everything. So that's what I've been working on. So I haven't been doing an awful lot of super interesting stuff. It's been a lot of back-end ad admin of like recategorizing hundreds of blog posts and all that really fun stuff. But that'll be going <laughs> up this weekend. And then this time next week, and I can say this because it's going up after it happens, I'm taking Alex to Bruges for his birthday. So I'm very excited about that because I went, I think I went like, must no, must be even more than 10 years ago for like a day um, with school. And he mentioned a year or so ago he would really like to go there. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. And didn't mention it again. So I've booked it. We're staying in a beautiful little Airbnb, uh, little B&B, sorry. Um, and we're just going to have like a nice kind of day and a half wandering around, eating some chocolate, going on a couple of boat rides, all the exciting stuff. So I've got a lot in the pipeline. I'm just taking some time to chill now. Well, semi-chill. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. I can't believe it's come around already. And Bruges in autumn is going to be so gorgeous. Yeah, we're both total autumn fiends. So I thought, let's go somewhere that's going to be absolutely stunning. Um, and it'll be nice because I've got the blog back up and running by then. So I can kind of get that launched, get all that sorted, and then just go away and enjoy myself. Oh, so exciting. Oh, my God. Although, speaking of autumn, it was very weird because in Madrid yesterday, um, the leaves were actually turning. So it was bizarre. It was like 28 degrees, so it was really warm. But the leaves were, like, in the park were really quite orange. And they felt it – was, it was weird. I've never experienced yeah. autumn like that before, you know, because obviously we in the UK associate autumn like it's getting chilly and yeah. you start turning on the heating. It was 28 degrees and the trees were orange. I was like, what is what is happening? That's bizarre. I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah, and they were conquered. Wait, they're not called conquer trees. What are they actually called? Um, horse chestnut trees, maybe? Whatever that is. They, yeah, they, they were. I was going to be listening to this Ah, it's this type of tree but yeah other than that not been up to an awful amount um so yeah just kind of enjoying the autumn as it is but shall we move on to our recommendations for this week yes what's your recommendation so um i've only got the one and i i don't even know if this really counts as a recommendation because it's a bit like saying oh you know do you know the high streets are thing or it's like when i recommended audible this is exactly what it's like um but i <laughs> <laughs> I basically recently got in to Desert Island Discs. Oh yeah. And I know. I am late to the party. I'm like 25 years late to the party. <laughs> um, but I just kept I've listened to a few a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, okay, this is a cool concept. And then I listened to another podcast. I think it was the Sheer Lux podcast, maybe. And they were talking about their favourite episodes and what their Desert Island Discs songs would be. And this is how I got hooked, because then I went back through the back catalogue and just started listening to a couple that appealed to me. Um, and there are some really brilliant ones. The one with Stella McCartney might be my favourite so far, other than the one with Tom Hanks. Um, but it's also just got me really thinking about what my Desert Island Discs would be, and I cannot wait. Alex doesn't know I'm going to do this yet, and I'm sure he's going to be thrilled when he realises. <laughs> but I'm going to talk to about what his Desert Island Discs are. Because it's now like I, I can't stop thinking about what mine are and what they would be and what they mean to me. And I've basically become an absolute addict and it's all I'm listening to at my desk all day. I so, don't know. What, <laughs> I want to know what mine would be now because I, I've, I've listened on and off over the years. I know the Tom Hanks one you're talking about, though. I loved that episode so much. Isn't it, it's amazing, like hearing about his childhood and how he feels that that's formed who he is today. Like it's just so self-aware. Yeah. Oh, that was that was amazing. I'm just gonna have a look to see whatever other ones I've been listening to recently. 
that I liked. Oh, the one with Emily Evis um, is really good. She organises Glastonbury. And oh, that yeah. was really, really good. And naturally, the music in that was amazing. Alan Carr's is a really nice episode. Um, what other ones have I been listening to? Oh, no, I've deleted them as I've listened. That's a bit silly. Um, I listened to Matt Smith's today as well, which was really interesting. And oh, I enjoyed yeah. it more than I thought I would because I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. But he is a fellow UEA alumni um, or alumnus. Well, he went to the same uni as us, basically. Um, so it was interesting hearing him talk about UEA and just like how he came to be Doctor Who and and everything else. And his music taste is brilliant. So I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I know Desert Island Discs is nothing new. Freddie Flintoff, that's the other one that was amazing. I've just remembered. I mean, I love Freddie. It's no secret, but that was a brilliant Um yeah, I know Desert Island Discs is nothing new and so many people are probably listening to this like eye-rolling, like, oh my God, has she been living under a rock? But you can listen to them all on the BBC Sounds app or on um, just whatever podcast provider you use. But in the podcast version, they shrink the music for rights reasons. So sometimes I don't mind. Sometimes I get really into a song and then it really annoys me. Bruno Tonioli. Oh yeah, the one from Strictly. Yeah, Bruno from Strictly, that is another cracking one. Um, just hearing about his life. And I mean, I know that's what Desert Island Discs is, but it's just really interesting. And some of the people he's worked with, like he did all the choreography for Banana Rama and oh um, Wham and the Pipe Scoop and Duran Duran. So it's really interesting to hear. So yeah, I know it's nothing new. Something I've been loving though, and I would recommend you go and check some episodes out. I'll leave a list of the episodes in the show notes that I've really loved. If you need somewhere to start, because it's something ridiculous, like over two thousand episodes. Um, and then I want to know what your Desert Island Disc songs are. Whoever's listening, share some with me. They don't... It's one of those things. Even though it has been around for ages, like now you've reminded me of it, I want to go and listen to some because I've not listened for ages, and I know that I love them. And the intro music is just so calming and like. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what's your recommendation? Um, my recommendation is an app. Um, it's come around because over the next couple of years, I basically want to keep a record of everything that we're doing, kind of like a diary, but they're a bit cumbersome. I don't want like the pressure of writing in something every day. I almost want to do like one of those one line a day sort of things. But again, we're traveling hand luggage, so I didn't want to keep it in my bag. So anyway, I found this app called Day One, and it's basically a journal app. And um, you can, what you can put in as little or as much as you want, really. You can see it all in the calendar view, and you can just write a few lines. You can insert some photos, put a caption with the photo. And it's such a nice way of, I know... I love writing things down, but I just don't have the space or the means right now to carry a diary around. So being able to just jot some quick memories into my phone with some photos from the day, it's almost like that one second a day app, but now I'm putting it with some words as well and just things that I remember or things that made me laugh or something really memorable that we did on a certain day. And I just think it's really, you can then export it as a PDF. And I think I it's a really nice that. thing to be able to look back on in the future. That's really lovely because as much as I, I mean, I've been planning since the 1st of January to do photo albums um, and I still haven't. And I have a 
like a <laughs> five-year diary but I just like if I'm really busy or I'm going to bed really late or whatever sometimes I just don't get a chance to do it or if I've gone away I don't take it with me because like you said it's really big but yeah. it's so nice to have something like that to look back on yeah no it's really handy and I think you can you can buy like the premium version which is like 2 and then you can you have like unlimited photos you can you have more than one journal you can do various different things with it as well you basically have more range but I've just got the basic one and it's it's just so good and it's a really nice way to have those memories and carry them around with you and also it syncs up with your Google Drive so if anything did happen to your phone if you lost your phone you still have a record of it it backs up daily onto oh, your drive Oh, I'm going to give that a so, go because I've been trying to do the one second a day video, but I just awful at remembering to video stuff because it's not natural to me. It's not something I normally do. Yeah. You take a lot of pictures. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm the same. So just slotting a picture into this diary. Yeah, it's it's really nice. I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, I've only been gone for just over a week, but I've really enjoyed doing it so far. And I hope it's something that even if I miss a day or two here and there, because it's something that's on my phone and I see the app and I'm like, oh, I'll just pop a quick note in there about something that we've done today. And it's so easy because, I mean, we all carry a phone around with us all the time. So, yeah, why not? Very nice. Well, with that, shall we move on to this week's topic? Um, so this week's topic is on solo travel, um, but it's also a really exciting episode because this episode marks one year of 20s are hard. I can't believe it's been a whole year. Like it's just, it feels so mad. It feels like we've been doing this forever, but also that the last year has flown by, don't you think? If it wasn't for the podcast being online and seeing the dates on them, I wouldn't believe that we've been doing this for a whole year because it really has flown by. It's unbelievable. No, I agree. And, you know, just as like, I want to take the opportunity and just say to everyone who listens and who downloads and follows us on Instagram and rates and reviews and everything else, thank you so much because I know it's really annoying when people go oh we just didn't expect anyone to listen and it's like obviously you did because you started it and we did think a few people might like it but we never expected the response we've received um and yeah, we honestly, basically thought it'd be like our mums and our friends yeah and like the, do you know what our boyfriends might still not listen um but it is nice to know that everyone else does listen and it's just you know it's just been really overwhelming, but really lovely. And we really are grateful for that. So thank you so much. And please keep telling your friends and listening along and rating and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. Should we move on to the topic then? We did record this a few weeks ago, so I can't quite remember how we kick it off. So if we've pre-repeated ourselves, I'm very sorry. <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoy it. So this fortnight we decided that we would be discussing solo travel because any of you who follow Helly on Instagram will know that she does a lot of solo travel um, and has done for a long time and it's something I've kind of dabbled my feet into over the past couple of years um, but it's something that we found you get very mixed reactions from people about. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it can be a really rewarding and exciting and fun experience so we wanted to break it down a bit, share some of our tips, share our thoughts on it and kind of how we overcame some of the hurdles that can often come up when you travel on your own. Yeah, because I think one of the biggest hurdles is it's just off-putting to people because it is a bit scary to think of doing something on your own, especially as a woman, I feel like. Yeah. Especially as a solo female traveller, I think there's a bit of a stigma around it. Um, you often get the reaction of, is it safe? Should you be doing that? And obviously, Definitely. 
that that makes you nervous and it makes you it makes you fear doing it because other people have obviously there's this association that it's dangerous if you go on your own so I think it is I guess it's having the confidence to not only ignore those things that people are saying but also to to plan a trip on your own and to figure out what you want to do where you want to go what you want to see because a lot of the time people people don't do that on their own I mean what reason would you have to have done that growing up there's always a, a first time to try it um and it's scary yeah I think I found it such an intimidating idea because I'm such a worrier, particularly when it comes to travel. I was like, oh, I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. I wouldn't enjoy it because I'd be worrying so much. But actually, when you were talking about how you're around Asia on your own, I was like, oh, actually, it sounds really fun because a massive benefit is you get to do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. Yeah, So if you definitely. fancy going for a beer, you go for a beer. If you want a lion, you have a lion. If you want to go and look around a museum, great. But if museums are your idea of hell, you don't have to do it. Yeah, And that level of freedom means you can enjoy a trip so much more. Yeah, and I think, because I'm a worrier too, but for some reason when I travel, I just don't... I mean, obviously I worry about usual things like missing a flight and things yeah. like that, but I don't worry as much. And obviously I've been doing it for a while, but I I almost feel like once you've done it, you, you've got this new kind of confidence that you just didn't yeah. have before, because it's unlike anything you've you've ever done. And now I feel a lot more comfortable and confident to do it. And it is that I... I can go and do exactly what I want to. If I want to spend 20 minutes getting the perfect shot of something, I'll spend 20 minutes because I haven't got anyone there yeah. to tell me that I can't. Like, it is it is really... It's definitely like a unique experience being able to travel somewhere on your own and just do exactly what you want to do. And I think it really teaches you a lot about yourself. I know that's a bit of like, a, oh, I've gone, gone travelling and found myself. Thing, no, it's but true. I think it really does because it shows you how resilient you can be, how... Yeah, how you can just do these things that you think, oh, I shouldn't or I couldn't do. And it can yeah. be so much fun. And like I, so I started out by, and this is kind of situational that this was how I began like dabbling in tra- traveling on my own, but I would fly a lot on my own. Yeah. So I wouldn't have anyone else with me. So at the start, I was like, oh my God, this is like the most intimidating thing. I've got to get through passports. I've got to get through security. What if I miss my flight? What if I can't find my gate? And once I'd done it once or twice, I realized actually this is really simple. It's just like getting any other type of transport I just have to know what I'm doing, be organised, go through it, and it was fine. And now I don't think twice about getting on a flight on my own to the point where if I'm with other people, there's a part of me that's like, hmm, yeah. yeah, I quite like being on my own. I can go spend yeah. an hour in duty-free playing with all the makeup and go and eat food. But the fact that I don't even think twice about it now is only because mm. I've practised doing it. I think that was my thing, actually. I think I started flying on my own first, and then all of a sudden I was just very comfortable in airports and I was fine doing that. And I think it is like a, it's almost like a gradual comfort zone thing. Yeah. Because first you've you've managed the airport and then you've got to get your transport from the airport to wherever. And it's just, it is amazing what, what you can deal with. Yes, you're outside of your comfort zone, but you're capable, I think, far more than you realise. And you're in that situation, you've just got to get on with it. Yeah. And like, yes, it might be intimidating if they speak a different language or they drive on the other side of the road or just culturally things are very different. But you just deal with it one thing at a time. And then eventually that becomes second nature after you've done a solo trip a few times. I think yeah. you, you just become accustomed to being outside of that comfort zone. And actually, I kind of enjoy that now. I think as well, it's about being pragmatic. Like there have been times when I've gone away on my own and I was like, oh my God, how, how am I going to get from the airport to where I'm staying? And I'm like, well, they have public transport, they have taxis, 
I'll work out a way to do it. There like, is a, there other is a people way. in the world have managed this. I am an intelligent woman. I can do this. Mm. And just getting back to thinking, like, oh my god, I'm not going to know how to get so and so. Like, well, I have Google Maps. I can ask someone. Yeah. Especially now with technology and being able to, like, especially if you're in Europe, you can still use your roaming data. Yeah. All of those hurdles that can make things feel really intimidating. If you actually break them down, they're not as big. I mean, we've been talking about things like air air travel, but even if you like get the train somewhere, if you've never travelled on your own before, start by getting trains on your own or maybe getting the train to Europe or something like that. Yeah. And build it up and just kind of prove to yourself, oh, I've done this, but if I've done this, I can definitely do the next thing. And it not being like, a, oh my God, how am I going to get there? How am I going to get to where I'm staying? And all of, like, don't let it kind of snowball. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the other thing, though, that sometimes puts people off is being lonely or they're afraid yeah, of definitely. being lonely. I think it can be quite intimidating, especially, it's a bit unfair, but a lot of hotels are like based on two people sharing. Obviously, that can be quite expensive if you're travelling on your own. So I've always loved staying in hostels and equally that can be really daunting because you're in a room full of other people that you don't know and you've either got to have the confidence to talk to them or you're going to be very lonely because there's a bunch of other people in there and you're not engaging and interacting with them. Yeah. Both of which can can be really off-putting. I, I really like hostels. Like, I do. I and love I didn't hostels. think I would. So when I went to Milan, which was the first like full trip I did on my own, um, you were like staying in a hostel and I was a bit like, oh, I'm not, I'm not so sure. But actually, mm. it's better than staying in an Airbnb because you have other people around you. I felt a lot safer being in a hostel. I wouldn't stay in an Airbnb on my own, no. I don't think. And no. especially things like Hostel World, they rate so many hostels in so many different ways, like from safety to cleanliness to vibes, all that kind of thing. So if you're thinking, actually, I want to go away, but I don't want to be sociable, I just want to be on my own, you can find the perfect hostel. Yeah. And if you do want to be friendly, you can, but it's about just talking to people, like... When I went, when I went away, the people it just had the people in my hostel weren't that friendly. But I was like, right, I'm gonna. How can I manage the situation in advance to try and make it feel a bit more comfortable? So I selected like a girl only dorm, and it only had four beds in it. So I was like, there's fewer people. I find it quite intimidating meeting a lot of new people. Mm. Maybe I'll be able to chat to a couple of people. Turns out none of them really wanted to chat, which was fine. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's just the situation. But I made sure I put myself out there, controlled what I could about the situation that made me really, really nervous. And then kind of like found a nice balance. Because I think the other side of it is, oh God, what if I go to this hostel and everyone are already friends and I've got to go on all these like nights out and be sociable all the time. I don't really want to do that. Mm. That can be quite intimidating, but it doesn't have to be like that either. But I think that's the thing. There's these two like opposite stereotypes about hostels that they're either yeah. like massive party vibes or they're completely isolating and no one wants to talk. And to be fair, I've experienced like, everything on the spectrum and sometimes you meet people and you click and then other times you don't talk to anyone at all but it's like what you were saying it's your own trip and you can do what you want and if that is getting an early night so you can get up early in the morning that's fine and the bottom and I think I remember saying this to you at the time I was like bottom line is you're never gonna see those people again yeah I was like oh my god these people don't want to be friends with me like what if I annoy them you're like well you're not gonna annoy them but also it doesn't matter that you're never gonna see them again it's not like you've lost out You've not lost an opportunity. It would have just been a nice opportunity had it presented itself. But yeah. it hasn't. So You're there for not... a couple of nights. Like yeah. That's... And, I mean, it, also, you don't need to necessarily meet people in hostels anyway. I mean, it can be can be just in the area if you're out and about. I always end up sitting at, like, a, a table in a restaurant or a bar and someone will talk to me. That's, like, the place that I will meet people yeah. most. Because people see someone on that. And don't get me wrong, sometimes there's some creeps. Yeah. But... A lot of the time, 
it will just be people who are genuinely intrigued, especially if you're dining out on your own. Like, I do think that is a big confidence thing to get over. Yeah, that was a huge thing for me. Like, when I was at uni, if I was on campus all day, I wouldn't eat because I wouldn't want to eat on my own. Yeah. And then a friend was like, why? I was like, well, what if I eat like a weirdo? He's like, that's not a thing. So for me, the whole thing of like, oh, I'm going to go away and I have to eat on my own. And what if people are staring? No one gives a shit. Yeah. And the same thing again. They are never going to see you again. I don't care if someone sits in a restaurant and eats on their own. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I think you're more aware of any social expectations than other people are. So you think, oh, God, people don't really go out and eat on their own. I feel so awkward. Other people around you are just enjoying their meal. Like, in the nicest way, they don't, they don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, and the most I get is exactly like if someone comes over and they just want to chat because they're, they're intrigued as to why a young woman is on her own. And I'm like, oh, I'm travelling mm. on my own. And they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then you end up having a chat about travel or places that you've been yeah that's the thing with travel it's such a good thing to bond with people over if you don't yeah. have anything else in common even if you don't travel a lot it's a very easy thing to talk to someone about yeah it's a good conversation starter like, like wherever you are yeah like where have you been recently where are you going next like this is such an easy conversation mm. topic so even if you're like actually I wouldn't be friends with this person normal walk of life yeah it's still quite a nice way to just get friendly with someone and kind of get to know them and also the best thing about eating on your own and the reason I love it so much is because a lot of the time you don't need a reservation. Yes, that is true. you are one person on your own. And I remember going to this really nice restaurant in France. I was in Colmar and the queue was like out the door. And obviously people were like leaving their names and going off. And I went to the front. I was like, oh, table for one. And he was like, just like no one else joining you. I was like, no, no, just for one. He was like, I'll find you a space. And they Aww. just set up a little space like in the corner. It was a tiny table, but only so for need. me. And um. Yeah, didn't have to wait. And then he was just really lovely, like, looking out for it. The same happened in Venice. They're just, like, looking out for me, like, yeah. kept topping up my drink. Like, it makes people more aware that you're on, on your own and they're very, like, amenable about it. And I think that in itself is a good thing. Like, if we're talking about that whole stigma of it not being safe, letting people around you know, because if someone had just come and sat at the table with you and you hadn't been able to get rid of them, you would have been a bit stuck. But because the mm. restaurant knew it was just you, yeah, had that have happened... True someone could have come over. Yeah. And it's those little things I think that you can do to, like, it, you know, ultimately it's not taking any risks you wouldn't normally take and still mm. being sensible and being cautious. But there's a lot of other little things you can do to make yourself feel safe as well. Yeah, and I think, yeah, you just touched on, like, the probably the main thing that people worry about, like, is it safe to travel on your own? But is it safe to w- walk through a big city on your own? Is it safe yeah. to walk through London on your own? Is it yeah. safe to walk to your house from the train station? You could say it about anywhere... Unfortunately, like things do happen in places all over the world. Yeah. It's not a lot of it comes down to luck, unfortunately. Yeah. You can't control that. Like you it's know. not gonna happen just because you decided to take this solo trip. It's not it there's always going to be a risk, but it's normally not in any way increased unless you're doing something that's obviously a deliberate risk. Yeah, if you're going to a really dodgy neighbourhood late at night, then yes, that's irresponsible. But if you're just like walking through the main streets, you've just got to be as vigilant as you normally yeah. would. Like make you know, keep an eye out for anyone who might be following you, keep an eye out for anyone who might be trying to like steal your bag or whatever or keep an eye out for like any like groups of people who might cause a problem. That's all the yeah. stuff you do at home. Or you'd do that if you were walking down that street with someone else there. Yeah, if you were traveling yeah with that's someone else. really true. Like if we were traveling together, we'd both still be like keeping an eye out. Yeah. It's just kind of, I think it makes me more vigilant when I'm on my own. It does. Yeah. And then, I, and I think sometimes that makes it feel like you're more worried and more anxious, but actually no, you are just, you're looking out for yourself, which yeah. again, 
I do when I'm on my own in the UK yeah, just as I much as I would anywhere else definitely and I think as well it's all those basic things like before you go away tell people where you're going where you're going to be how long you're going away for and keep in touch with people it's so easy now mm. even if it's just like I'm busy today but I'll check in I'll be like oh with someone I'll be like oh I've just got back to hospital I'm just doing this or I'm at this place and I'm seeing this or I'll send a picture mm. which is what I would do anyway in normal conversation yeah. but it just feels like I'm kind of ticking two boxes I'm still being sociable and friendly to other people mm. but I'm also making sure people are aware of where I am because ultimately yes hopefully nothing would happen mm. and the chances might be very low but god forbid something did happen you kind of yeah. someone knows where you are I was I usually send my itinerary to two people like usually my mum and like either boyfriend or friend like a couple of people know where I'm gonna be and then I think I also think the other thing is social media is actually kind of great I always think that when I'm posting on my stories because I do that a lot I always think that's like an extra safety thing yeah because it's always very like real time on my stories which I know obviously not everyone can do this or not everyone might like not everyone wants to do this I always think it is just another like you said if you're sending pictures to people it's like another thing of people are just yeah. more aware of where you are yeah I think it's it it's like anything it's being sensible yeah but still enjoying yourself and knowing that it's just like you might feel in some circumstances a bit more uncomfortable but just kind of manage that if you're like actually I really don't want to eat out on my own well pretty much every hostel has a kitchen or a facility where you can at least like make some basic food if you really don't want to go out and eat on your own eat back in your hostel it's fine yeah go and grab a pot noodle or something and just make it in the kitchen like it's not it's not an issue at all if you don't want to like the whole point of solo travel is that you're you're doing it for you and what you enjoy and if you really do not enjoy going out and eating on your own or getting a drink on your own no one's judging you if you don't want to do it yeah I think that's the thing isn't it like it not only does it highlight a lot of things to you about yourself but it's also an opportunity to just do what you enjoy like it's a treat it's a holiday for you like for no one else it is for you so do what is comfortable for you whether that that might be i'm gonna go like to a city in the uk that i don't know or wherever your home country is i don't know for Mm. one night or it might be i'm gonna hop on a plane to the other side of the world for six weeks whatever it is it's fine yeah so long as you're doing it to enjoy it for you and you're not doing it for anyone else because what like that's a whole like the point of any travel should be to enjoy yourself but particularly if you're doing it on your own because you're under no obligation to do it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people that I've spoken to started travelling solo because they were kind of like, well, I was kind of tired of waiting around for other people to come with me. And it is very much that if there's something that you want to go and do, you shouldn't let the fear or what other people say about it put you off from doing it. That's exactly why I picked Milan, because I really wanted to go, no one really wanted to come with me, and I knew I wanted to go to, like, look at a lot of, like, the fashion stuff. Mm. I was like, well, even if I get someone to come along with me, they might not want to do that. So it's just thinking, actually, I'd I'd be quite happy on my own. Yeah, and that's what what I was like with Asia as well. I just knew that I wanted to do a a bigger backpacking trip on my own, because I hadn't really done one, I'd never done a trip that long on my own. And... I just knew that it was something I wanted to do and realistically I was in between jobs it worked well for me the chances were that no one else was going to be in that position to be able to do that with me so it was either I did it or I just never did it and probably regretted it later can you imagine if you hadn't done it I know if I hadn't done it I wouldn't have met Taylor I think as well it's kind of accepting it's a, it's a thing you can do 
I know for me personally, I was like, oh God, I'd never travel on my own. And when you were like, oh, I'm going to go like to Asia, I was thinking, who's she going with? And it kind of didn't occur to me. And then you were like, going on my own. I was like, what? <laughs> and it, ha- it just hadn't crossed my mind that it's something that I would be capable to do. So I kind of almost was like, not that you're not capable, but you know, and it's the thing you don't entertain for yourself. Yeah. You kind of forget that other people will It feels have... a bit alien anyway. Yeah, it felt really alien. Mm. I think that's the perfect way of explaining it. It felt really alien. And I was like, what? People actually do this in real life? And you did it. And when we then went away together that autumn, hearing you talk about it, I was just like, God, this sounds like you had the most amazing time. I was like, I want to give this a go. Mm. And I was like, well, I know that going to Asia for six weeks is not going to suit me and like my first I had a job that I couldn't like just be like sorry I'm going off for six weeks but I was like what can I do that makes it feel more achievable to me that I'll still have fun and get an idea of this and actually I I enjoyed it yeah there are things I would do differently next time but you can do it with any holiday like you could be with your favorite people I have a crap holiday and I was like actually I know what I do like I know what I don't like so next time I do it I've got learnings I think that's the thing with solo travel. You, It's a massive learning curve. Like, you're yeah. not going to just walk into this, like, thing that's quite intimidating and be perfect at it and everything's going to go well. Like, you you learn tips and tricks all the time. And like you said, there's things that immediately, even now, you're like, I would do that differently next time. Yeah. But I do think bottom line is you're never... Obviously, I get that it's not for everyone. But I think if you decide to go on a solo trip I don't think you'll ever regret having done it yeah I think that's the thing even if you feel like it's something that's really outside your comfort zone and it's not something you'd like I'd still recommend you do it even if it's like a night somewhere on your own yeah I think like doing it it was such a good boost for me and my self-confidence and what I'm able to do mm. because it just really affirmed like I, I'm capable of doing whatever the hell I want to do and a couple of years earlier to that well what Probably a year before that, it had felt like the most alien idea in the world. Mm. Like I hadn't even, it hadn't even crossed my mind. So the fact that I then went and did it, I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I can do so much more. And um, it's a really lovely. It was just a really lovely experience to have on your own. Like there's something about seeing something somewhere really incredible or somewhere really beautiful on your own. It's just like your just, experience. Yeah, it's something really mm. special about that. Yeah. I think if even if you do it once and you decide it's just not something that's quite right for you, I still think you like learn a, a lot from it. I mean, my parents, for example, they'd never, or not in years, like not since they were younger, they'd never kind of done a trip without there being some sort of like travel agent involved or some sort of yeah. like package. So even when we went like backpacking around Australia, we still, they still kind of like got the hire car and the flights yeah. as like a package thing. And when I started doing all this travel on my own, they now book everything on their own and individually and they like book all the flights on their own, all the cars, everything's like individually done. And they're like, why weren't we doing this like years ago? Yeah. Like, we just, we would have never had the confidence to do it, but we've seen that you do it and obviously it's not right for them and also their husband and wife. So obviously Bob's taking a trip together. Yeah, but they quite like each other's company. But I think however you choose to do it, you're going to learn something from it that's going to help with like in the future. Also, I would say, if you do it and you decide you absolutely hate it, that's fine. You don't have to do it again. It's not for everyone. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. But I think don't write it off as a reason not to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just because you might not enjoy it. I mean, if you think it's my idea of hell, maybe, you know, wait until it's a bit more of an appealing idea or try and mould it to be more suitable for you. Mm. But if you do it and you give it a go and you're like, eh. It's like, I enjoyed my trip. It's not something I want to do every week. But it's yeah. not something I wouldn't. I would say I would never do again. Mm. So yeah. it's finding that balance. Like, if you don't love it, that's fine as well. Yeah, Travel's meant to be fun for you. But I think 
it's about opening up that opportunity to yourself a bit. Yeah, definitely. And don't let sound patronising. But I know, personally, I just hadn't even considered it. Yeah, I know there's potentially a lot that you can get from it, so... Yeah. Um, did we want to do some, like, tips for... Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, if yeah, it's your, yeah. if you're thinking of travelling solo for the first time, um, we just thought it might be nice to kind of go over a few tips that we've both picked up. Yes, do you want to go first? I feel like you have some very good ones. Yeah, um, I think if it's your first time, the key is to just do what you need to do to feel comfortable. I know for me especially, and I still sometimes do it, I like to have copies of everything printed. I don't want to be like reliant on my phone if something yeah. happened to it. So I'll print off copies of my like flights, copies of like hostel bookings, and copies of my travel insurance. And I just carry that with me just in case I needed it, and that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, I would say be quite like open to what you might do. So when I go away in like a group with people, generally I have quite a good idea of like exactly what we want to do, exactly when we're going to do it. And because I'm with other people, it's about working around their preferences as well. Mm. But being on your own, you can literally do whatever you want. So like when I got to Milan, I was like, I had a really strict idea of exactly what I wanted to do. And actually the weather was absolutely appalling. It changed some of my plans, some things I couldn't do. And I thought, actually, I'm just going to go with the flow of it. And that was really nice because when mm. you can, you can. I was like, well, actually... I haven't been able to do that today. I'll just do it tomorrow instead. And because mm. there was no one else to worry about or think, oh, but they wanted to go and see that thing that I wasn't really fussed about, I could. Like, I went back to the same spot, like, three times just because I loved it and I wanted to mm. take more pictures of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can do that. So I think just enjoy the fact that you can be so flexible. Do you know what's really interesting? I, That's my biggest thing of why... I've, I think I've said it before. I feel like I'm a different person when I travel. And that's one of the main things, because when I'm at home, I have the routine, I'm structured, I'm organised. Yeah. Everything's a routine with work, my to-do list. And when I go away, all of that kind of, not goes out the window, because I still like to know what I'm doing and obviously know when I'm, my flights are and all of that. Yeah. But I'm a lot more easygoing and go with the flow, which I know is sounds shocking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I go with you the are, flow though. a lot more. It, yeah, I think it's just, you're like, well, I'm outside of my comfort zone. Might as yeah. well just see what happens. <laughs> totally, it's just being that a bit more relaxed. It's like still having, I'd say still have an idea of what you want to see. Oh, yeah. So that if you get a bit, actually, this is this is another tip I'd say, like have an idea of what you want to do and see because I was worried I'd get there, feel quite worried and anxious and then be like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't know what I want to do, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. Yeah. And kind of like, oh, I'm going to go in early every night, which is fine if you want to like go to bed early. But I was like, okay, I'm going to highlight in advance like the things I really, really want to make sure I do. Mm-hmm. And then I made sure I did them yeah. and I could enjoy them because I was like, well, I'll definitely fit this in. I'll definitely fit that in. It was kind of realistic for what I could, knew I could achieve. Mm. And then it just kind of, it was that thing, but like, I don't feel like I wasted any time, but I also didn't feel like I hadn't been able to like not stop and I hadn't like enjoyed myself. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing as well is chatting to people who have done it. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for you. Yeah, it's, it's so much more common now to travel on your own. It's much more like, accepted, much more people are doing it. I feel like, especially our generation as well, like people in their 20s, it's hard for us to get onto the housing ladder. It's, it's much more difficult than it was a couple of generations ago. So more people are spending money on those experiences. So chat to people who have done it. Like, they... They're the ones who are going to have some of the answers that you might have, or the things that you're worried about. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like you don't have to, you don't have to be planning it months, months in advance. It can be spontaneous. It's just you. Mm-hmm. So if you've got some random annual leave days to take, you can plan something for you because actually finding one cheap flight is a lot easier than finding like two, three, or four. Yeah. So almost like take the opportunity 
that you have and make the most of that. Yeah, and I think leading on from that, if you if you do just fancy going away somewhere, it doesn't have to be abroad either. No, definitely not. If you want to, if you want to just test the waters with a bit of solo travelling, just don't know, take a weekend trip somewhere in your own country. It doesn't yeah. have to involve getting on a plane. If that's maybe something that you're really really are nervous about, if you're a nervous flyer absolutely fine hop on a train hop on a bus jump in your car yeah just go somewhere different for a weekend and still have that experience of just doing things for yourself yeah I think I think that's really true that we as everyone knows we are big fans of staycations Mm -hmm. and I think if you the whole thing of going abroad having a different culture having a different language having a different currency even can feel quite intimidating yeah but you can you get more out of solo travel than just traveling to a different country and having that culture experience as it were yeah. you get you there's so much you can get out of it that you can still experience if you don't leave your country yeah so it's not as black and white as you have to suddenly go backpacking around like africa for a year um and my other tip is one we've kind of already covered but just don't be afraid to talk to people i i think don't assume the worst if someone approaches you they're probably just intrigued and especially if you're in a hostel a lot of the time people do just want to strike up a conversation and the bottom line is like we said you're not going to see them again anyway so don't feel put off by am i going to embarrass myself am i going to make a fool out of myself i don't know what to say i'm like people are judging me for eating or drinking on my own yeah it's like we keep saying it's it is a trip for you and those those people, are, they're all travelling. They're all there for different reasons. They're all doing different things. And they're not going to remember having met you and had a conversation that you worried about being weird five months yeah. ago. I, yeah, no, that's not a thing. People don't care that much in the best possible way. But yeah. also, leading on from that, I would say like a lot of hostels have like social areas and bars and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, no one's really chatting in my room. I was like, I'm not really like craving meeting loads of friends. Like, that's not why mm. I went away. So I just went and sat in the communal space and actually it kind of, going back to that thing of loneliness, I didn't feel as lonely because I'd been around other people. Yeah. And I think like I was on the phone to Alex, so I wasn't like trying to make friends with those people, but just being around other people and hearing their conversations and chilling out in a communal space is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you are in a place for longer as well, that's great. I mean, I remember being in Poland and they, they had like a weekly like bar crawl thing and I knew that I didn't want to go out and drink loads and be hungover and everything, but... I went out for the first two hours, had a few drinks, had a really great time, like met loads of people, and that was really fun. And yeah, and then that was fine. That was that was again that was what I wanted to do, and I was happy with that. And whereas at home you might think, oh god, people think I'm going home early and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not going to meet those people again. They don't. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Everyone's doing their own thing. And actually, I think people are probably more understanding because if you've been travelling for six weeks, you might just want an early night. Or yeah. you might have an early flight, or you might be really jet lagged. People don't really question it as much because everyone's yeah. kind of working on their own little time zone. To be fair, that's true. People are a lot more forgiving. Like you're in a hostel, you know, some people are probably going to get up at three a.m. because they've got a really early morning flight. Like, just it is what it is. I mean, don't be like the dick who was in my hostel in Prague who came in at three a.m. in her heels, oh, turned God. on all the lights, so drunk, fell on people. Oh God, no! That's then so... was on top of my bunk, snored for three hours and then kept turning on every single light and off again and just like in like spanish she's like i'm sorry don't be that person i mean this is why she go to a hostel in japan because she got a little pod i want to go to one of those shut yourself in (laughs) but in fairness in the other hostel i said like i had a really good fun experience it was lovely that's the thing they can be hit and miss but yeah all this 
experience. Yeah, sometimes it's crap, but actually, if, if it is, you probably get a good story out of it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like we said, just take the usual precautions like you would. If you feel better for carrying a whistle, like I used to carry a whistle and I used to carry a doorstop and I used to put that underneath my bedroom door. Um, oh, that's a good idea. If, like, just in case the lock wasn't great. And it would just be like an extra thing. And just little things like that. I don't carry them with me now. But when I started out, that made me feel a lot better. It was just like a personal safety thing. I felt a lot better doing them. Now I'm fine. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea with the doorstop. I hadn't thought of that. And I think ultimately it just goes back to that thing of travel's meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyable. It's meant to push you outside your comfort zone a bit. But ultimately, the reason you're spending the money is to do try something new and enjoy yourself like it isn't meant to be a chore it's not meant to be something you have to do if you hate traveling you never have to travel if the thought of flying makes you feel physically sick then you don't have to do that like it's fine do what's good for you but if you're kind of curious about solo travel and have thought oh that could be a cool thing to try do it like just give it a go yeah you're never i really do think you're never going to regret giving it a try even just the once yeah i totally agree Actually, so, so much of that solo travel is in the planning and the fun of the planning. Yeah, I love planning a solo trip. Like, I cannot explain how much I just love picking out what I want to see, Kind of, especially if it's a weekend and I kind of make a bit of an itinerary, what's close yeah. together, looking at the maps, marking the places, like, figuring out where I'm staying and how to get to pick. I love doing all of yeah. that. Like, I, I love it when I'm going with other people too. Like, if me and Alex go away, I'm very much like the planner. Like, he'll yeah. be like, we'll both pick a place or I normally pitch the place, then I'll, like, drop what we'll do is, like, I, I almost, like, pitch it to him, and then he's like, yeah, that's cool, or well, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's kind of that thing of, like, I love doing that, but then it's like, oh, I hope he wants to do it too, whereas yeah. I, like, when I'm on my own, I'm doing I'm, I'm going to do this and this and this, and I don't have to think Just about it. Just pick a place and you do it, yeah. And it's so much fun. So, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this. We hope you've inspired you a bit to maybe step outside your comfort zone and give it a go, or if you are a seasoned solo traveller like Helly, just go and do another trip. Yeah. Let us not. know where you're going next. We'd love to hear like if you're if you're now planning on doing a solo trip or you're thinking about it, please let us know where you're going, what kind of things you're thinking of doing. Yeah, we would love yeah. to hear that. We we love these conversations. So please share them with us. Uh, and as ever you can stay up to date with us on Instagram at twenties are hard or follow Helena Bradbury for all of her adventures in well, I don't know where you're gonna be. We're recording this segment quite a few weeks in advance. So where will you be when this goes live? Australia? Singapore? Um, I've just landed in Australia, I think. How exciting. Well, you can follow all of those adventures over on Helena's Instagram. I've never called you Helena. That was weird. That was weird. I've not called you Helena since we met. Also, I'm branded as Helly on this. <laughs> and also, um, if Charlotte's on her way to Paris, you can go and check out Charlotte's Paris trip. Yes. At Charlotte. You're Charlotte.Phoebe. I'm Charlotte.Phoebe. Um, and as always, please do get in contact with us, whether that's travel-related stories or not. You can send us an email, 20sarehard at gmail.com. Or you can head to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard. And don't forget, you can also listen to us on Spotify as well as Acast and iTunes. iTunes. And if you fancy, please leave us a five star review and subscribe. We would love you forever. We would be very grateful. So we hope you've enjoyed this and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks time. Bye. Bye.